Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The restaurants that fully understand hospitality are ones where if you and I go to that restaurant, we're going to feel more connected to one another at the end of that meal than we did when we went into it. Will Godera is the former co-owner and general manager of the acclaimed 11 Madison Park restaurant in New York City. Will, who, like me, appreciates attention to detail, was able to guide the restaurant from a struggling two-star brasserie, not bad, but not what he wanted, to a number one in the world. Along with amazing food, 11 Madison Park is known for its legendary hospitality. Will's new book, and I have a copy right with me, is called Unreasonable Hospitality, The Remarkable Power of Giving People More Than They Expect. And it serves as a guide for business leaders in any industry. And I'm very excited to talk to him about that and many other things today. Will, it's my pleasure to have you here at my farm and uh, on my podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks and for having we me. We met uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, formally at a party for Carly Close, the supermodel's 30th birthday. Yes. That was a fun party. <laughs> it was. It was very fun to see you and see Christina Tosi, who is uh, Will's wife of how many years now? We are at six years. Oh, really? That yes. long? Yeah. Oh, it seems like yesterday when she got married to you. And you have a child. We have one daughter named Frankie. Frances. Uh, I read it. Her name was Frances. Frances. Yeah, we right. call her Frankie. Yeah, well, she's named after my dad. Uh-huh. Um, and he's is he Frankie? Well, no, his name is Francis. And we're just trying to come up with like a slight distinction between Oh, cute. Between well, no, that's two. very cute. I have a brother named Frank. Love it. Who we called Frankie for all the time he was growing up. 
My dad was very happy when when he got the the, the, the nod. Oh, how nice. <laughs> I bet he was. Is, he, is that the first grandchild for him? It's his first grandchild. That's lovely. And uh, well, it was great to see Christina. Christina, by the way, is the founder of the Milk Bar, famous for her really unusual cookies. Uh, and she was partner originally with David Chang. Yes. Are they still partners? Uh, they're not partners anymore. Uh-huh. I mean, they're like brothers yes, and, and sisters. Sister. Yeah. Yeah. But but well, Milk Bar has kind of blossomed into its own thing. Now. Yeah, and cool, cool wife and uh, very- I did very well on the wife you, front. You did. I feel pretty good about that. You did. <laughs> You've had a really storied career so far. You went to uh, Cornell University, School of Hotel Administration, and you interned in Spain. Where in Spain? I was in the north of Spain in a, in a town called San Paul. Um I went there right after I graduated college. I, I had so much fun at college that I never wanted to do a study abroad program. And then graduation was nearing and I started to regret that a little bit. So I, you know, I just went to a hotel school in the north of Spain and chopped vegetables effectively in mm-hmm. exchange for room and board and was there for about three months before or four months before going back to New York and, and working with Danny Meyer. Oh, so for, you started right off with Danny Meyer. Yeah. The legendary Danny Meyer. The legendary Danny who Meyer. Who has made such an amazing career of hospitality hmm. and restaurants. Yeah. And now uh, the humblest of all his operations yeah. is the uh, Shake Shack. Yes. One of my favorite haunts. Yes. I love hot dogs. I, I have I have this crazy love of hot dogs. I think I got it from my mom, who also loved hot dogs. Growing up, we had Rutz Hut in New Jersey. I've been Route to Rutz Three. Hut. Yeah, I've been to they Rutz had Hut many really times. good hot dogs. And so every now and then, mom and I would go and get a hot dog at Rutz Hut. So my whole family's from New England, and so the way that they would make hot dogs back in the day was like butter searing the hot dogs, and then like the. The buns where it's not crust all the way around. It's like a split cut. Oh, bun. yes, yes. And then searing that in butter uh-huh. with just mustard. And then and, what about the baked beans? And then we had the baked beans on the side. On the exactly. side. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we had them in our house, too. And although sometimes maybe the hot dogs were boiled. My mother liked boiled if they were really good hot dogs. Yeah. But then I discovered the fried hot dog at uh, there's a fabulous uh, hot dog place in Fairfield, right on mm. right on Route One in Fairfield, called Raleigh's, and uh, they made uh, a f- they fried their hot dogs. First yes. they boiled them, then they threw them into into hot oil, and they burst a little bit, yes. and then they put them on buttered toasted buns Ugh. with with uh they don't have they didn't have sauerkraut it's so weird because i love sauerkraut but they had relish mustard and bacon I and mean, we could just spend this entire podcast talking, talking about, about hot dogs, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> i just love that that uh that uh, you worked for danny meyer when he was developed well no he had developed that after you left right because you were you then went to haute cuisine well yeah i mean when i went to 11 madison park to take over as the general manager shake shack was open in the park oh it was just that one just the one yeah and we were and the burgers were still the burger patties were being formed in the private dining room kitchen at 11 madison oh they park. were huh. and so literally in the middle of the lunch service you would be carrying out people burgers. would be carrying out sheet trays <laughs> of raw burger meat through the front door so you went as general manager That's right how I started. right from right from working as a trainee at at denny's yeah exactly yeah. yeah exactly well no so my journey was i went from spain started with danny meyer at tabla working oh, with the okay. late floyd cardoz um which 
You know, I still think Bread Bar at Tabla back in the day was one of the greatest restaurants that it New York so ever saw. It was so delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. Then I went to work at a place called Restaurant Associates, which I'm, I'm sure you know. As a big corporate yeah. catering and uh, and uh, hospitality Everything from the U.S. Open to Lincoln Center to the Met Opera, um, where I was doing purchasing and accounting. Wow. My dad's in the restaurant business, and he always wanted me to learn kind of every element of the business before I one day did my own thing. Then from there, I, I opened all the restaurants, again with Danny Meyer, at the Museum of Modern Art. So delicious. I love that restaurant. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was so a special much. place. Yep. Or it is a special place. Yeah. Um, before eventually in 2006, going to 11 Medicine I guess that's Park. where I first met you. At, at the Maybe that was when I first met you. Probably at MoMA. And that, yeah, at MoMA. I was the first person to actually have an office at MoMA because they had closed the museum to do the big renovation and the restaurant people were the first mm-hmm. to go in. And when I first went to MoMA, my office was on the fifth floor, about 3,000 square feet overlooking the sculpture garden until all the museum staff started moving back in. And then I got subsequently bumped down until I ended up in the sub-cellar where my my office (laughs) was for the rest of my time there. And then from there? And then from there to 11 Madison Park. So that was already a brasserie. That was a brasserie. And was that Danielle? Was he running the brasserie at that time? So, yeah, he had just been hired about six months before I was. So Danny Meyer, who owned it before I bought it from him, um, saw the room and just wanted the restaurant to be like one that could live up to its room because the room is, you know, 35-foot ceilings. Oh, no, extraordinary. And that building is, which, which what's the name of that building? So that was the original MetLife building, right. um, which when it was being built was meant to be the tallest building in the world. Um, before the recession hit. So it's only like 35 stories, but the lobby spaces where the restaurant is are unbelievably grand. They are. So you uh, changed that brossery. How fast did you work to get it changed? Well, so we got there in 2006. Um, I'm glad you know your chronology so well. <laughs> this is uh, this is some right, so complicated. Yeah, Writing the book helped okay. helps me to restore my memory. Right. Um, I sold the restaurant at the beginning of 2020. So you owned the physical restaurant? Yes. Okay. So I, I started and working. And not Daniel whom? Uh, we owned it together. Oh, together. Yeah, partners. Yeah. We were partners. Yeah. Got there in 2006, bought it in 2011. Um, and then it was in 2017 that we were named the best restaurant in the world. So 11 years after I got 11 there. 11 years it took to become number one, which is a minuscule amount of time in the restaurant world. Yeah. Wow, that was some fantastic accomplishment. And I, I just I just loved eating at 11 Madison oh, Park. Thank you. When you were number one. I mean, really, we had the best meals. So, so particular each dish, but not so particular that it was like, intimidating to eat Hmm. everything was so tasty and so beautifully prepared and that kitchen with all those fantastic chefs we had a beautiful kitchen you did amazing kitchen so you parted ways with uh daniel Mm -hmm. whom uh which was surprising to everybody yeah and then he turned vegan then he went vegan yeah i know why did he have a life change or something you know i'm not sure right like i i believe And, you know, with the the focus of the book, just about, like, being unreasonable in pursuit of hospitality, I believe we were the best vegan restaurant out there when we were still serving meat. Because that was always something that was very important to me, is no matter what people walked into the room with, 
like, I don't think you can ever try to be all things to all people, but if you sense that certain people are looking to dine in a certain way, you should be ready to deliver just as good an experience to them as, as you are anywhere else. So you had started thinking about that already before you left. Yeah. I mean, never, I, I was never a part of a conversation to go completely vegan, uh-huh. but it was always important to me on the hospitality side that no matter what your dietary restrictions were, that we could give you the best meal that you'd had. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories. And we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. We'll get back to this unreasonable now. This this is a, a hard title for a book <laughs> because you're not at all really unreasonable. You are really, really uh, encompassing uh uh, the the best tenants of all for for restaurant um, development and restaurant service and restaurant everything. So why did why why did they start calling it hospitality instead of the restaurant business? Well, it's, so, it's a nice it's a nice way to call it uh, to describe it. Yeah, I mean, I, like my my whole thing with even the hospitality industry to begin with. I think most people think of the hospitality industry as being restaurants, hotels cruise lines, you know, a few other things like that. Um, and I think, you know, simply put, I think it was called the hospitality industry because those are the businesses where people seem to care about hospitality. And my and taking my, care of guests, taking yeah. care of visitors, taking care of people who are coming to eat something, that's hospitality. Yeah, well, recognizing that hospitality is not the thing you're serving. It's not 
how you serve it. It's the way you make people feel when you serve it. Like service is cooking the steak in the right way, delivering it to the right person within the right amount of time. Hospitality is how do you feel at the end of the night when you leave the restaurant? If it's just that you thought the food was delicious and it was an efficient experience, that was not one where you received hospitality. I think hospitality. Does it have to do with the ambiance of the place too? I think hospitality. Yeah, I think the ambiance for sure. If the person is thinking about the ambiance with the intention of creating conditions where people can connect. My belief system is that in a restaurant, the food, the service, and the design are simply ingredients in the recipe of human connection. The restaurants that fully understand hospitality are ones where if you and I go to that restaurant, we're going to feel more connected to one another at the end of that meal than we did when we went into it. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. And I believe that any business can be in the hospitality industry if they choose to put that type of thinking kind of in the center of how they make decisions. Yeah, like if you're in an office and morale is low, don't say, oh, have a happy hour. Yeah. Fix what's making the morale yeah. go down. Right. Well, and and then create the conditions where the people that work there feel like connected not only to the people they work for. So are but you the opening a consulting with. business to help us business <laughs> owners make sure that we are being hospitable? I mean, I've been doing some consulting That's in good, this middle a, time. Yeah, this is a good idea. Which has been fun. I've worked with medical institutions, I've worked with luxury retail brands. And the reason it's called unreasonable hospitality, and I appreciate you thinking that I'm not an unreasonable person, which I, <laughs> which I don't think I am. But like when you look at, I mean, the people that are most successful are unreasonable in their pursuit of something, right? You've been unreasonable in your career, in your yes. pursuit of creating everything that you've created. You yes. look at LeBron James. He's been unreasonable in becoming the basketball yeah, player he totally. is. Or Scorsese or Steve Jobs and... I believe that following, especially the last couple of years where everyone feels such a lack of connection, that it's time for more people in their lives and as leaders of their businesses to start being just as unreasonable in their pursuit of how they make people feel. So being unreasonable is also being unaccepting of mediocrity, yes. unaccepting of uh, of serving something that shouldn't be served. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Like being unwavering, yes. um, being fiercely dedicated, being willing to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to make the people you serve and those that you work with I'm giving feel this good. book to a lot of people. <laughs> <little bit different. laughs> but I'm also going to give this part of the podcast to them. <laughs> I appreciate that. I like having this verbalized like you're doing because uh, it's so important. It really is. Like I'll give you an example, actually, that comes down to the hot dog because we the whole thing started because we went to the 50 best, the 50 best awards, the first year on that list. But we came in last place. <gasps> out of 50? Out of 50, which is a good result, but felt demoralizing. 2010. Two th- okay, yeah, you- I have it in my notes. <laughs> 2010. Okay, so you felt demoralized? Yeah, a little bit. You were, the, well, or you motivated. were in the top 50. Yeah, but in that room, we were last. Oh, yeah. But guess what? You know, room for improvement. Well, and I, my, my dad always says adversity is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no way around it. It was just embarrassing to come in last place in that room because yeah. you're, like, you're like, all right, we're on the list now. And, then, and that was 11 Madison Park? That was 11 Madison Park. Oh, so you were just a brossery then. Yeah, we were just a brossery. Just. We were, just, we were, we were on our way, but we hadn't arrived yet. But that whole number one thing, 
every restaurant that topped that list did so because they made some impact, right? Ferran Adria at El Bulli with molecular gastronomy. So this was this was worldwide fifty restaurants. Yes, this oh, 50 for in heaven's the world. sake! You you should have been so proud of yourself. When we got there, we really were. Yes. But, you know, Fran Adria pioneered molecular gastronomy. Rene Redzepi at Noma pioneered foraging and local. And the impact that I wanted to make was all the chefs on that list were unreasonable with what they put on the plate. And I wanted to be the restaurant that started to be just as unreasonable in how we served that food. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, I, I got back to the restaurant and I had this idea, unreasonable hospitality in my head, but I didn't know what it meant. So you named that. This is way back in 2010. You were already thinking about unreasonable. This idea. That's great. Um, So it's taken you 12 years to write the book. To get the book out. How great. I started it a few different times, but it wasn't until COVID that. You You got to do it. You know, sometimes you need the world to slow down enough for things to come into focus a little bit. And yourself to slow down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And your baby gave you enough free time. <laughs> my baby, my baby thankfully was born when I was about 80% of the way through it. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but I was in the dining room one day and there was a table of four Europeans who were on vacation to New York. They were foodies who were leaving to go back to the airport to head home after their lunch. And I overheard them talking. They're like, what an amazing trip. We've been to all the best restaurants, Per Se, Danielle, La Bernadette, Momofuku, now I love Madison Park. And then another one jumped in. So the only thing we haven't had is a New York City street hot dog. And so, you know those moments in a cartoon where the light bulb? Oh, yeah. So I I walked as calmly as I could back to the kitchen and then sprinted out the front door of the restaurant down the block to the hot dog cart. And you got it. I got a hot dog, brought it in. (laughs) Took about 10 minutes to convince Daniel to serve it. And then we cut it into four perfect pieces, put it on four plates, a little swish of ketchup, a swish of mustard, a canel of sauerkraut, and a canel of relish. And before their final savory course, we brought it out. And I said to make sure you don't go home with any culinary regrets right. on New York City hot dog. So you took made the effort. Yes. And because you were also very nosy and overhearing yes. the conversation. <laughs> well, because I was which you make a point of the, yeah. which you make a point of in the book, by the way, yeah. that it's not bad to be nosy. Yeah. It's not bad to overhear. Well, it's I mean, being nosy, overhearing is I think it's just caring enough about the relationship where you choose to care about what they're saying and then try to serve them in a way that's unique to them. Except for stock chips, don't take the stock chips. Don't take yeah, no, no stock chips, or at least do so subtly. Um, but when I served them that hot dog, I'd never seen anyone respond to anything I'd served them like they did to that because it was just for them. And that's kind of the ethos of this. How? Because by the way, serving people as individuals as opposed to just coming up with the thing you want to serve and serving it to everyone, that is unreasonable. It takes a lot of energy. But the look on someone's face when they receive a gift that you're responsible for giving them is one of the most energizing things out there. I think part of unreasonable hospitality is taking what you do seriously without taking yourself so seriously that you don't do the things that will actually make people happy. And you know what? I think your wife is also that way. Yes. She's unreasonable because look at what she's done with with cornflakes and milk. If you don't know who Christina Tosi is, you should all look her up, everybody, because she took cornflakes, soaked them in milk, and then used that cornflake milk in her cookies or in cakes. Yes. Cake. That was a cake. And I, you know, I couldn't believe it when I first read the recipe. And what did she do with the cornflakes? She threw them away. I don't, yeah, I yeah. think so. Gave them to the pigs. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but it was interesting. They should start bringing them up here to your animals. I know. My, my, my chickens would love those. 
but uh, but fun. You know, it's 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 fun and unreasonable and unexpected and successful mm. all at the same time. Well, and and she is the very definition of that. I mean, my wife is very hardworking, very disciplined. She takes what she does very seriously, but she doesn't take herself so seriously that she can't see the beautiful opportunities for creativity and innovation that sometimes sit right in front of our faces. Right. That's so great. So when you were back at, at 11 Madison park and changing into the number one restaurant, what did you have to change? Did you have to change a lot? Was it menu? Was it service? Was it ambiance? Yeah. Was it the plates? We changed everything. Absolutely everything. Slowly over time. Um, you know, we didn't close it, do a big renovation and reopen it. It was, it was so incremental that at a certain point it started to feel almost inevitable, right? It started with uniforms, plates, the menu. It stopped being an a la carte and then became a price fix before it became a tasting menu. Um, you know, we went from big, you know, brasserie plates with the red line around the rim to the beautiful Bernadotte until we finally moved into custom-made porcelain from a local manufacturer. It got more and more and more... Uh, the number one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it's kind of one of the beautiful things. If you allow the business you're running to start, if you start treating it like a living, breathing organism, then you can just slowly make it better and better and better. And it's like better educating be- a child. Yeah. Giving them more and more opportunities to learn. Yeah. Yeah. If you recognize that you're never, there's no, there's no concept of being done. It's just a beautiful journey that continues in, in, in perpetuity. And there's inflection points along the so way. So how did you separate yourself from your baby? You know. Was it hard? That was definitely hard. Yeah. It was definitely hard. Um, but. Were you bought out? I was bought out. Oh, you were bought out. Yeah. So that, that helped being bought out. That helped. Yes. <laughs> um, and my baby, actually having a real baby. Yes. Um, helped. I think when you do something your entire life and you're very celebrated for doing it, it starts to become your identity, right? And so when when I sold that company, I almost started frantically going to open new restaurants. And when COVID started on March, whatever, 15th, I was one week away, this is not hyperbole, from mm-hmm. signing three new restaurant leases wow. in the city. And then I moved up to the country and for what I thought was going to be a couple months. And, and now then, permanent. And then I was like, you know what, this is this is the life I want to live. So is there a difference between service and hospitality? I mean, you touched on that a little bit, but is there a difference? There must be. Yeah. So one of the things in the book that back in the day when I was at Tabla, I wasn't, you know, a confident manager yet. I was fresh out of college. And so I always wrote interview questions when I sat down with someone, now I just believe in letting a conversation flow and seeing if it's someone I want to spend time with. But that was the question I always used to ask new people. What's the difference between service and hospitality? The best answer I ever got was from a woman who said, service is black and white and hospitality is color. Service are the things that we do. Hospitality is the way that we engage with people when we do those things. Service is putting a plate down. Hospitality is the eye contact and the connection you establish with the person you're giving the plate to when you put it down. When I was coming up, people always talking about excellence and hospitality. You hire for hospitality, you train excellence. I think you can train both. I think hospitality is just as much of a craft as cooking or service or anything is. And therefore, you can teach a craft. I think one of the best ways to teach it, though, is to encourage it. 
I think it's much easier to know how good it feels to give hospitality, to extend graciousness to other people once you first experience how good it feels to receive it. And that I think is a part of a leader's job is to encourage hospitality by delivering it to the people that you hope will then turn around and deliver it to your guests. There's this quote, which I've come to learn is misattributed to Maya Angelou, which is people will forget what you say, they'll forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Like in in five years, when you're describing that meal, the thing you're going to remember is... How I felt. How you felt, especially the next day when you were texting with your friend. And that has nothing to do with anything except for hospitality. Right, exactly. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Go back to Cornell. You took a class called Guest Chefs. Well, that's actually a really good segue. Yeah, tell us. Um, How did that class inspire you and what did you learn from that? Well, so... There's a class at Cornell called Guest Chefs. They bring up a famous chef every semester, and the class is split up into three groups. Um, management, dining room employees, and kitchen employees. I was on the management team when Daniel Balud came up and cooked at Cornell. And my role was marketing the event, and I was Daniel Balud, which meant that it was going to sell out no matter what. So I decided that my role was entertaining the chef. And... It was an amazing event, obviously. And then I brought Daniel Balud and his sous chefs and everyone down to my house at 130 College Avenue, uh-huh. where I treated him to the best form of hospitality I understood at the time, which was a keg party. Daniel and I became close. 
through that experience. Oh, nice. Um, so you had a keg of beer. We had a keg of beer, Milwaukee's best. Um, <laughs> and Danielle made scrambled eggs and truffles for all of the students. The reason the story is relevant is because we became close enough that my mom passed away the day after I graduated college. Oh. She had been sick for a long time. And because of that, I almost didn't go to Spain as planned. But my dad encouraged me to. And by the time I went to buy my ticket to Spain, he lived in Boston at the time. I can only find one leaving from New York. So he drove me to the airport and it felt like the right time to call Daniel Balud. I remember I'm 21 years old, but he gave me his number. He goes, anything you ever need. And so I said, hey, I'd like to bring my dad to Daniel. And so he set us up in the skybox, which is... Oh, we've eaten there. Yes. Oh, I took my grandchildren there. Yes. Isn't that a special treat? And so for anyone listening, the skybox is a room that sits with a window overlooking the kitchen. Um, and it's amazing. And your food is brought up to you oh. from the, from all those fabulous stoves. And you're watching busy. it being cooked and the whole yeah. thing. And this was a night where, I mean, my dad's wife, my mother, had just passed away. It should have been one of our saddest nights. But because of the warmth and the graciousness, the hospitality that Danielle and his team extended to us became one of our best nights. And, and your father will never forget it. And, and I'll never was, forget he it. Was, you were taking care of him. He it was, was my first time taking him out and to dinner. And Danielle was taking care of you both. Yeah. And nice. it, like one of the things I talk about in the book is that in restaurants and really any customer service business, we have an opportunity to create our own little magical worlds in a world that needs more magic simply by virtue of how we invest in the people around us. And that night, was the first time I recognized how powerful the gifts you give through hospitality can be because you can you can always help people celebrate moments but sometimes you can give people the grace if only for a few hours to forget about the really hard moments I think that's a really beautiful thing that I hope more people are inspired to want to do I hope a lot of restaurateurs are listening <laughs> <laughs> but I but I genuinely believe that it could happen at a car dealership or at a barber shop or when you go to rent a car on vacation or on the plane on your way. Like, I just think it would be a beautiful world if more people recognize that it's not just good on the receiving end. It feels really damn good on the giving end, too. At the end, it was impossible to get a table at 11 Madison Park. The people that, that did get a table... I'm sure considered themselves lucky that they were able to have dinner there. But it was always very important to me that we never became the kind of restaurant that treated them as if they were lucky to be dining with us. Right. And actually the opposite. We always led with gratitude that people were trusting us with their time and their money. Why do you say there's nothing more flattering than a guest walking into the restaurant with luggage? Well... Luggage, like suitcases. With suitcases. Because that means that they want their experience with you to be either their first or their last memory of their trip. Uh-huh. So they're on their way to the airport or they're just, or they they've just, just got off the plane. They've either, they either can't wait to go or it's the thing that they want to have as the lasting memory of their trip. Like I'll give you my example, which is not an 11 Madison Park style example, but every time I travel to L.A., and I'm sure a lot of people do this as well based on how busy it is. 
I get off the plane, I go directly to In-N-Out Burger. I I just knew you were going to do that. In-N-Out Burger, everybody. If you haven't been there, go there. Double, double animal (laughs) style. No, no, no. And because it's like, for me, it signifies that. You're there. I am now in Los Angeles. And if you can be that, it means that you represent someone's emotional connection so much to a city. I think it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, that's, that's awfully nice. So you've dined in many restaurants all over the world. Yes. Which dining experiences uh, have impressed you the most and hmm. where? I mean, there's a lot. The one I'm, I'm thinking about right now, because out of the corner of my eye, I see your Alinea cookbook. I love the meals I've had at Alinea. And I love them because, okay, he is very innovative, right? Very forward-thinking. Um, but there's also, like, a deliciousness and a nostalgia to his food. The The last time I went there, there were two courses that I'll never forget. Um, one was a helium balloon where the balloon was edible. And so here's this very serious, important was restaurant. Was that a dessert? It was a dessert. Yeah. And so they literally, it's like an apple kind of taffy balloon and so you'll blown, see blown, blown, yes. and then filled with helium, and they bring it over, and then the guests inhale the helium and laugh, and start talking and <laughs> laughing, and then they eat this delicious thing. So it's engaging, it's experiential, it's funny, and then the way that they finish the course, their final dessert, I think, is so brilliant. Everyone else looks at a table and sees a table, and then puts plates on the table. Grant looked at the tables of his restaurant and saw plates. And so they roll out a silicone mat to cover the entire table and they take everything else off and then they plate a giant dessert across the entire table, which I think is brilliant. It's fun. It's entertaining. And then the way it brings people together, you and I are both, our entire table just turned into a giant Willy Wonka style dessert. And you just all eat it from the same And you're just place. all digging in. Yeah, that's fun. And so like the, the idea of like creating community around the table, I think, I think they do it very, very well. As long as it's not that drink where there's straws sticking into it and you're all drinking out of the same No, that's bowl. taking it too far. That's, that's awful. Because <clears throat> you always think who's spitting into the straw. I think after straw? COVID, I think that trend is, I think that <laughs> done. one's done. I, think, I, think that. I won't, I won't, I never did that. <laughs> You say many companies focus on products but have forgotten about the people. I think that you are remembering the people so nicely in this book and in the work that you have done. Thank you. And uh, best of luck. This has been a very, very nice conversation, and I, uh, and I wish you well, and I wish all of us well in all the restaurants that we go to after they read Unreasonable, The Remarkable Power of Giving People More Than They Expect. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. 
No more lugging heavy bags, and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.